You're listening to the podcast of the Biopharmaceutical Section of the American Statistical Association. Episode 19. On today's show, we talk to Zoran Antenievich about the DIA Scientific Working Group on Adaptive Designs and the upcoming Joint Adaptive Design in Bayesian Statistics Conference in February 2015. Today I'm talking with Zoran Antenievich, Senior Director with Cytel Consulting. Good morning to you. So Zoran, what initially attracted you to statistics? Well, it was a, it was a gradual process. Uh, in my case, I, I studied forestry. I uh, I love nature, and I thought that would be the right thing to do. As I got to, uh, as I moved to U.S. and, and I got enrolled in in a graduate program in forestry, that was in Flagstaff in Arizona. I uh, I started taking statistics courses, and, and I realized that uh, statistics actually uh, interests me more than, than than forestry, and and I was better at it. So I I gradually switched. I I, I enrolled into population ecology program at University of Idaho, and that was essentially all statistics and application to a field that they like. But there were no career opportunities in that, and I switched from population ecology. That was an easy transition to statistics. And then I got my first job at uh, Harvard School of Public Health, you know, ACTG. And, uh, you know, one thing after another after that, I got my first job in the industry and, uh, you know, I so I guess the obvious joke about a forestry program in Arizona, are there any trees in Arizona? Yes, yes, there is a tree line in Arizona. It just works in the opposite way. The tree line is at around 6,000 feet, maybe 6,500 feet. So there are I no see. trees, uh, you know, below that. <laughs> Flagstaff, there is, a, there is a beautiful forest in Flagstaff, oh, I see. actually. I see. Well, can you describe your current role for, at Cytel for us? So I, I, I'm a member of uh, Cytel Consulting. Obviously, a group that is focused on on uh, providing strategic input on drug development. Uh, there are six or seven of us in that group. Uh, however, I think only two of us are 100% involved with consulting. Um, many are just you know naturally between you know software and consulting. Uh, we obviously use a lot of uh, Cytel software for for the design, uh, but uh, consulting you know expands beyond just you know providing statistical design. Uh, a lot of requirements really just to, you know, quantify some decisions or uh, often we also ask for input, you know, how to, uh, you know, pr well, provide provide input to briefing packages, communicate to regulatory agencies and things of that kind. And how often with your consulting role uh, do you develop new requirements for the software? Is this a pretty common entry or is it customers of the software? It that is. It is. You know, not, not everything goes into East, obviously, but, you know, many... Uh, depending on the size of the company, uh, unless they're like if, if they're biotech, they may just need what is in East, but they don't know how to use East. More often than that, however, they they have a need for something slightly different or much different than what we have available, and then we develop a tool. And obviously, the company has a, a number of software de developers, so that's uh, uh, that works quite efficiently at Cetel. Now, you're currently the chair of the DIA Adaptive Design Scientific Working Group. Can you give us some background for this group and describe its mission? 
So the group has been around, you know, beginning, you know, it was under Pharma first. I think it began around 2005 or, or 2006. I, I joined around 2007 or eight. Uh, it transitioned under DAA. I've been a chair officially, I mean, since, you know, last year. Uh, and uh, there are currently around 150 members. Uh, we have 13 initiatives, although in some initiatives have sub-initiatives. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fair to say we have at least 20 ongoing, you know, efforts. Um, the uh, main objective of the group is really, in short, you know, a broader and a proper application of adaptive design. Uh, I always also believe that there was a, a bigger role for adaptive design to, 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 to um, really, uh, as, as an opportunity for statisticians to have a bigger role in pharmaceutical industry. I don't know if you remember, but when they uh, first, uh, you know, when, when they first arrived, you know, when, when they were first brought to, to, to uh, this industry attention, there was actually, it was, it was a buzzword. And, and it was the first time that I really remembered, you know, uh, others, you know, uh, therapeutic area leads, really wanting to, to, to talk to statisticians. So I, I saw it as a great opportunity for a, for a bigger role uh, for statisticians in pharmaceutical industry. Although I strongly believe in the role of adaptive design and flexibility that gives, uh, you know, uh, just adaptive design itself, yeah. So how often does the working group publish papers? Well, a lot. Uh, I think last year we had four or five. Uh, all of them have been published in the DAA journal. It's now called TI, TIRS, you know, Therapeutic yep. Innovation and Regulatory Science. Uh, we had two books published you know, directly or indirectly related to activities that we had within the group. One was really more broadly on adaptive design, the, the one focused on, on uh, portfolio optimization. So we publish a lot. Number of presentations, I don't even count, you know. The work, the work you know, has been presented everywhere, many, many uh, conferences. So we, we are very, very, it's a prolific group. <laughs> very good. Now how closely does this particular working group interact or overlap with the DIA Bayesian Scientific Working Group. So we have a, we have a, we may mention later. We even have a joint conference coming. Uh, we have several activities where we have, we, we have like joint activities. Uh, it's uh, it's usually where the, there is an intersect between design and statistics, or actually, uh, I would say, uh, naturally, wherever decision criteria is involved, because adaptive design, you know, with its, with its flexibility allows for more frequent, you know, reassessing of your program or even portfolios, while Bayesian statistics is really a natural tool, you know, to, to set up the decision criteria. So whenever we talk about, you know, decision points, I think ad adaptive design and, and Bayesian statistics just naturally come together. So are there a lot of members uh, or a lot of statisticians that are members of both groups? I think so. I think so. And, you know, if it's a matter of how they join, you know, I think – if, if we all, if we open groups, it's just that peop sometimes be people don't even know how they join as if, if, as if it's, you know, a membership that has some requirements. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, as, as the people learn more and more about these the two groups, we, we will have many people that, you know, are members of both groups, as they should be. <laughs> so how do uh, – you brought it up. So how do people uh, join these particular groups? Do they contact you directly or – as far as I'm concerned, there are two ways. One is they, they contact me directly, and I'm just going to add them. Unfortunately, I don't have administrative support. 
and that's the biggest problem for me. I think I'd have 500 people in our group if I had any administrative support. So this is a little bit of a challenge, you know, maintaining lists. So that's the first one. Second one is people that are leading this initiative, subgroups, and actually that's the most interesting part <laughs> because that is where you actually do some real stuff. They, you know, recruit people that they know, and then, you know, as they learn about that, then, then, then they have them join the group. I think our, actually, our KOL series may actually have between three and 400 people in the distribution. So, it's, so yeah, there, there are many people involved in this. Uh, uh, never enough, I would say, but... Uh <laughs> and do people need to be members of uh, DIA? No, no. Uh, I think that was a big realization. It was not a part of that negotiation. Uh, Jerry Schindler and I think uh, uh, Steve Wilson were... Uh, to, to, to communicate to DA the, the benefit of having a scientific group, but also that scientific group cannot operate, you know, strictly under DA because you're going to have limited, you know, and uh, limited, more limited number of members, and you really just need an open contribution. And also you'll need to inform the, the world about what you are doing. So uh, I think the, the DA has, has really recognized, you know, that, that the status of a scientific group has to be different than they say, you know, DA community. So we are an open group that the membership is not uh, required. And the last question about the, the scientific working groups, uh, they're not strictly limited to statisticians, is that correct? No, in fact, but this is one of, one of the greatest challenges for me. Uh, we, we manage, I, I see adaptive design is, is not about developing statistical methodology. It is about that among other things. It's not even about delivering you know, adaptive trials. It's about drug development strategy. You know, it's about, you know, having designs that can provide, you know, better care for patients. So we should have involved a very broad, you know, um, uh, uh, many different backgrounds, people with many different backgrounds. It should, be, it should be a very broad group. We manage to have a number of clinicians always, and they, they often lead some of our uh, initiatives. Uh, I would like to have a lot, more, a lot more clinicians, but people with other backgrounds as well people with other backgrounds as well, because as I said, drug development is about more efficient, I'm, I'm sorry, adaptive design is about more efficient uh, drug development and about more uh, better patient care. Now you've already mentioned the uh, the joint conference coming up, uh, and, and I believe you're co-chair of it with uh, Karen Price, who's the chair of the Bayesian Statistics uh, Working Group. Uh, so the DIA Joint Adaptive Design and Bayesian Statistics Conference is taking place uh, in February in Arlington, Virginia. How did this joint conference come about? Well, uh, you know, Karen and I saw the need for that. You know, as, as soon as I became a chair, I talked to her. She, she was very much in agreement. We brought it to DAA. Uh, and after, sh you know, short negotiations, we convinced DAA. They were, the FDA had a strong interest in it. They, they, they thought it was a very important topic. So, uh, you know, one thing after another, you know, we, we, you know, we, we developed a concept. That I, think, uh, I think previously explained how, how Bayesian statistics and adaptive design come together. Uh, obviously, you know, Bayesian statistics applies to many other, you know, areas. It's, it's, a it's, it's a tool, you know, for statistical analysis. But there is a strong intersect. So I think, it, I think we just thought it was very natural to have a joint conference. We never had, uh, had a big, big conference, big joint conference in Bayesian and adaptive. And I can also add, you know, I'm, 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 you can see I'm very interested in 
in bigger role for statisticians. And Bayesian statistics and adaptive design have been two buzzwords that others have accepted. And I think this is just a great opportunity to just go out, try to try to try to get more people, no, more non-technical people, sign up for this conference, and just just get the word out. Not the word, but but make them understand better all the all everything that's you know that, that adaptive design and Bayesian statistics can bring you know to to, to a drug development strategy. Can you provide some anticipated highlights for the meeting? Everything, everything, and, and, and so if you think we start with with you know the fifth anniversary of, of adaptive design, and then the fifth anniversary uh, of the adaptive design draft guidance, and then the fifth anniversary of the Bayesian guidance, the, they both have been published in February 2010. So this is February. So we have some of the most senior people from the FDA, some of the most prominent people from industry, academia. They will all be revisiting these guidances. So, you know, th I think th these are, these are uh, one would call them highlights. But when you have other sessions like you know master protocols, you have you know uh, special populations. That's that's a very important topic now. We will be having um, you know uh, case studies of adaptive design. You know studies that have been completed, uh, resulted in approvals. You know, explain the in the end to deliver. You know how to succeed with adaptive design. Two different sessions on 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 optimization, drug development optimization and, and decision making, one in Bayesian track, one in, in adaptive. It's go it is going to be a great conference. So are, are a lot of these uh, uh, lectures or, or uh, there's going to be the opportunity for panel discussions and audience participation? A lot. Just about every session has, uh, has a panel discussion and some of them are mostly about, you know, just panels. Uh, uh, fifth anniversaries are going to have two short presentations, I think, each. But then the biggest part of the session will be panel discussion. And then there will be a closing session, uh, you know, kind of forward-looking session uh, that will be just a panel discussion. So uh, there will be, a, we expect, a very interactive, very interactive conference. And do you anticipate the, the guidances? You said you'll be re revisiting the guidances. Do you anticipate that there may be some updates to these two particular guidances? Uh, well, I don't know if uh, officially there will be any, uh, but I think it's a great opportunity. You know, let's let's uh, let's think about you know the adaptive guidance. There was so much said about you know uh, well understood, less well understood. Okay, so now five years later, we can revisit and say, okay, what is now well understood? What is less well understood? Just as an example, and then you know we can you know have a discussion of how much we have application, what we have seen, you know what worked, what didn't work. You know things of that kind, but uh, I don't. I don't expect an official um, update of either guidance, other than CDRH. I think will be publish publishing their own draft guidance on adaptive design. So this will be supplemental to the other guidance, or will it be a completely uh, independent? Uh, you know, full I, guidance. I, I don't know. I would invite everybody to attend the conference and, uh, and hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plug. And you also mentioned the uh, the two uh, books uh, that were recently published, uh, I guess, last year as part of the uh, DIA uh, Adaptive Design Group, uh, one of which you're the uh, editor and author of. Uh, the title of the book is Optimization of Pharmaceutical R&D Programs and Portfolios, Design and Investment Strategies. Uh, so I guess as a first question, why should statisticians uh, think about uh, the investment strategies in the full portfolio. So 
think about the bigger picture uh, beyond the single clinical trial? So I think uh, <coughs> for two good reasons. One is, you know, uh, I, I would see a benefit for statisticians, you know, uh, things that we focus, where there's most focus on in this industry, just things that, that hardly even require, you know, statistical background. Just just think about how many statisticians really just work on in the production of tables, listings, and figures, or, you know, run, you know, routine sample size calculations and things of that kind. And, um, and I think it would be an opportunity, I mean, I think we, it will be an opportunity if statisticians get more and more involved in, you know, just thinking bigger, you know, thinking broader, uh, to sit at, at, at these boards, you know, where decision making, uh, making is made and, and really uh, provide, you know, uh, a much more visible input to, to, to drug development. And I know from my personal experience, I talk to many statisticians. Many statisticians would, not everybody would like this role, but many statisticians would like this role. And I, I see absolutely no reason why, why, we, we, why we are not there yet. Now, an even bigger um, uh, uh, there is an even more important reason for that, and that is the drug development itself and pharmaceutical industry. Um, nobody in this industry can better assess some of the most important aspects, which is, you know, uncertainty and risk than statisticians. Yet we don't do that sufficiently enough and not at the levels where that is needed. And I, I honestly believe that the drug development, if, if, if this industry is to survive, <laughs> and if, 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 if we are to develop, the, the, uh, deliver the things in drug development that we, we should in the future, that there is an absolute need for statisticians to, to, to sit on these decision-making uh, you know, forums, bodies, uh, boards, and so on. Now, you bring up a good point about uh, analyzing risk and, and some of these additional skills that we may not necessarily get in graduate programs. So graduate programs themselves may brief, briefly touch on adaptive designs uh, for the most part. Uh, there are probably some training in group sequential designs, but the idea of... Uh, other adaptive designs that aren't necessarily in the group's sequential framework. Uh, they may not have trickled into graduate programs yet. Uh, so most of the learning for adaptive designs may happen on the job. So what educational and training opportunities are available for individuals interested in adaptive designs and better assessing risks, better assessing risk and taking information from a portfolio perspective and basically becoming an expert in it so that they can help contribute to what's going on. Yeah, so I think uh, a, a little bit of a technical, um, more technical, more focused technical background would certainly uh, be important. So I know some, some schools have, have uh, courses on, on um, adaptive design. And, and that's really good. And I think it's, it's important that people have, you know, basic understanding of, you know, key methodologies behind adaptive design. Now, you mentioned things that are even more important. Now, that's one thing. But we, they need to see a broader picture. So I see the schools are now bringing some regulatory people to teach together with statisticians and really understand the regulatory background better. That's a great next step. Then I think what we need, I, I know some school, many schools have, have courses in clinical trials, but I think schools should have programs on drug development and even broader picture. What is it about? How it works? You know, connecting points, you know. Not look at the trial level. Just look at it as a whole. Bring people from industry with experience to teach such courses. I think that would be another important one for... And then the last, finally, just teaching statisticians to think bigger. 
You know, so many kids, when you get out of school, you're focused on something, and you get into industry with that mindset, and your curiosity is there. So you're looking, okay, so we developed, you know, we wrote books and books and books about missing data we, and, and, you know, multiplicity correction, you know, important topics, but that's for us. Nobody else is going to listen to that. We even have conferences, you know, every year, a number of conferences just on multiplicity. Uh, so people focus on that, and, 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 th and that, that is where the, their curiosity is. But if we open people's curiosity to bigger topics during the graduate program, I think they are going to come out thinking bigger and asking for more as soon as they step into the industry. So I don't want to see, you know, people, you know, finishing, you know, uh, with, with an MBA saying, you guys are very smart, but I see a bigger picture, so I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Shouldn't be that way, you know. We should be driving this industry together with MDs and MBAs, and we should be there in the front line. And it, it shouldn't take that long, you know. But I think if kids get out with that mindset out, out of school, that would be a big start. That would be a big start. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting perspective because when you talk about drug development, uh, even as a statistician, you may spend your entire career on the clinical sides of things and have no understanding of what's on the preclinical side and uh, it's basically uh, chucking it over the fence. So you do the preclinical work, chuck it over the fence to the clinical side, and there's hardly this communication between uh, those two parties. And even when you're in the clinical side, you may not get the perspective of people uh, who may need to understand uh, you know, what's important on the marketing side uh, for the compound. So these different pieces don't necessarily talk to each other throughout the whole process. And Excellent. that's an interesting idea of taking that approach in the educational opportunities. Um, it, it's, uh, a, it's a big problem for our industry. It's particularly a big problem with statisticians, you know, the tendency. So we expand to learn as, as far as how to get an approval, which is important. How a patient's going to benefit, you know, what is needed for, you know, commercial purposes and, and all that, you know. Why not put it all together, you know? So, yeah, exactly that. Well, any other final plugs you want to give for the uh, the DIA Joint uh, Adaptive in Beijing Conference? It's uh, February 10th through the 12th in Arlington, Virginia, and I believe the 10th has um, two short courses. Is that correct? Yes. They will be both in Beijing uh, statistics. Yeah. So not much to add. Just, you know, come and join us, and you will hear the rest of the story there. Okay, very good. Well, Zoran, thanks very much for your time, and good luck with uh, the success of the conference. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me.